Hello, welcome to Psychopaths and All of Our Lives. Um, today, we're going to be talking about Casablanca and some different things going on there. Um, if you're new here, pull up a chair. This has been an ongoing research project. So if you're wondering, hey, where's the graphics? Well, there aren't going to be any, but I do provide extensive show notes that do take a lot of time and love to put together. You can find those right below the screen. Click on show notes. And you could also, I try to get them to the show at least a few hours before I go live. So you can take a quick peek ahead of time. So there's that option there. And if you're returning, welcome back. Welcome to the horror show. Today I was thinking about, you know, I just some of you don't know, I'm I'm a I'm a boomer, right? Baby boomer. <clears throat> We've been talking about booming babies. So um yeah, we're gonna be talking about Casablanca. And um I don't know where I get this weird trivia in my head from, but maybe because as a kid we sat around and smoked joints and we talked about don't bogart that joint. <laughs> So we'll start with a little bit of Casablanca trivia here. It was a term used in the 70s, referring to the actor Humphrey Bogart, who smoked a lot. This means that one is either taking more than his share of the joint or not sharing at all. Don't Bogart that joint, you know. Anyway, so yeah, it was this group called Fraternity of Man. And after Andy listened to it, she said why she could understand why they didn't go on to great musical success. It went like this. I won't sing. Don't worry. Roll another one, just like the other one. You've been holding on to it, and I sure would like a hit. Don't bogart that joint, my friend. Pass it over to me. Don't bogart that joint, my friend. Pass it over to me. <laughs> so anyway, so. Okay, so move, <clears throat> moving right along. We're going to be talking about this French gynecologist. His name was Georges G-E-O-G. R-G-E-S, and it's spelled B-U-R-O-U, and Andy looked it up, and it pronounces Bureau, you know, like Bureau of Land, Bureau of, you know, Government Bureau. <laughs> so you'll have to let us know in the comments, how does this sound to you? Because for all we know, this guy could be, um, you know, he could be the U.S. military being passed off as this guy's name for all we know. Remember, everything is coded. Some days we go through a whole day just of coding. It's all coded. But what you have to learn to decipher for is what codes make any difference, okay? Because this is the rabbit hole of all rabbit holes. So, yeah, this bureau thing could actually be bureau. So, anyway, he was a French gynecologist. Here we are back at France again, right? He managed a clinic in Casablanca, Morocco, and is widely credited with innovating modern sex reassignment surgery for trans women. Anyway, so yeah, he is widely credited, but he didn't really start at all. Anyway, so he had some notable patients, and I put pictures of these people. He only did men who wanted to become women, okay? That would be MTF, male to female. That is a code you're looking for. So if you're ever, like, searching on this platform and you want to help educate yourself, just plug in those three letters and... Welcome to the horror show. So anyway, so he had these three notable patients, of course, three. Some French actress named Cochinette, some woman named April Ashley, and this Jan Morris, who was actually quite famous and, you know, was some reporter in the Himalayas. I don't know. Did they really climb up that mountain? <laughs> who knows? So anyway, so what's particularly interesting about Georges or Bureau 
is he was born in now remember these are their stories how they write them okay and they have a an interesting way of writing about things so let me tell you what they say about him because in the next show we're going to be talking about how how georgia's and all this plays into the overall picture like exactly what year do we think they got started and all that so anyway so let's get started with the bureau <laughs> he was born on september the 6th of course in 906 right 1910 in Tarbes in the Hauts-Pyrenees, France. While his parents were visiting the Perdon family in the nearby village of Julian. <laughs> I wonder if my parents knew exactly who they were visiting when I was born. <laughs> his parents worked as school teachers in Algiers where Bureau spent his youth. Bureau underwent medical training at the Algiers University of Medicine. He specialized in gynecology and obstetrics at the maternity of Mustafa Hospital in Algiers and became chef de clinique at this other hospital, okay? During his training, <laughs> now remember, I didn't write any of this stuff, okay? I, I didn't write it and I didn't make it up, okay? During his training, Bureau took a special interest in anatomy, and later colleagues were report. Now, this would have been like in the 1950s. These colleagues have pretty sharp memories, right? Were reportedly highly impressed by his detailed knowledge of the anatomy of the perineum and pelvis. The perineum is the air between the scrotum and the anyway. It's 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 the area they're they're concerned about down there. Okay. It's a space between the anus and the scrotum, okay, in the male. And this is what we're looking at, are flipping males. And I'm not going to get into anything more graphic, but if you want to know the keywords, I have watched every single one of these surgeries. If you want to know the keywords, because they're all posted here online, I mean, you can watch them all. There's a few kids that have had the surgeries that talk about them all. So I don't believe these surgeries are really for them, because Andy and I, we've done a lot of talking about this back and forth. Is our belief that these surgeries are for those of us they can flip in some terrific way to mutilate their bodies, okay? So I don't believe that they all do this from the get-go themselves because we'll be getting more to that about why we think it's being done more in vitro and DNA you know, manipulation. But anyway, so this is their story, so they're sticking to it, that he was highly concerned about that area, okay? So here's where it starts to get pretty interesting because – Guess where he first served? Well, guess where the military, right? Here we got the military. We're starting to crop up all these doctors that just happened to have been in the military, right? Now, what, is, what a convenient thing. They get out of the military. Next thing you know, they're in the trans business, doing transgender surgeries. So anyway, so he was in this interesting group because this tells us a lot about who these people are. Bureau is clearly some sort of gypsy, okay? So let me explain here. He was a second lieutenant in this French expeditionary corps, and he eventually left North Af Africa as a military surgeon to join some other group. <clears throat> so I thought, well, what is this French expeditionary corps all about, right? And it's also referred to as CEF. Well, kind of interesting. <laughs> it was only in existence for about a year. It was created in 1943. The corps fought the Italian campaign of World War II, under the command of General Alphonse Huin, J-U-I-N, consisting of 112,000 men divided into four divisions. What a surprise, right? All but one of the divisions were colonial units, mostly Moroccans and Algerians drawn from the French 
from the Army of Africa and led by French. So these are a bunch of African folks led by French officers, okay? And this is what really defines them, okay? And they wrote this. I didn't. It says, the Corps distinguished itself in battles, sweeping across mountain ranges with astonishing speed and efficiency. However, that success was tarnished by the large numbers of looting, rape, and murder committed on the local Italian population. In August 1944, the corpse were withdrawn and absorbed into the French First Army. So, yeah, so, because uh, Andy was saying the other day that really this has actually been kind of like working an active crime scene, okay, because everything shifts. The minute we started to look at something, there's some other suspect over here doing something else. So, yeah, so that that kind of sums up their personality of this bureau guy, right? So anyway, so then after he he does his little military stint where he obviously must have been getting some sort of training, right? I don't think he just dropped out of the military and became some transgender surgery genius here. But anyway, so so shortly after um they write this crazy detail. Shortly after, when in the south of Germany, his service ended when he returned to Algiers to bury his father. Uh, where that's coming from, I don't really understand. He said, during the subsequent liberation of Strasbourg in 1945, one of his best friends died in combat. What that means, I don't know. So they went on to say that Bureau developed a technique to create a vagina using a live skin graft taking from the penile skin called bottom surgery. That's the, that's the word. If you ever, if you ever get curious, just type in bottom surgery. Okay. And continue to refine and approve it. So what they're saying is that he developed, he felt like he developed this technique. Okay. But he was initially unaware of previous is called vaginoplasty. B-A-G-I-N-O-P-L-A-S-T-Y. <clears throat> That's what they do when they convert a penis into a vagina. And I'll just stick with the technical terms. The term when they make a vagina into a penis is called phalloplasty. P-H-A-L-L-O-P-L-A-S-T-Y. As, as in all those phallic symbols you see all over the place. Kind of odd, right? A bunch of people who don't really have their own phallic symbols have set symbols all over the place. But anyway, moving on here. So anyway, so at this time, there was a couple of other people doing these surgeries. We're back in Germany now. Remember, we were in Germany before with that huge facility that never shut down after World War II. That's now in Africa. Well, actually, according to them... In Berlin in the 1930s, there was some um, this Lug Ludwig, Levy, and Lint, sounds like a Jewish trio, in Berlin in the 30s. And then we also found these Linux Broster in London in the 1930s and 40s. Another dude in England in the 40s and 50s, and another guy in L.A. in the 50s. And we'll have all of this in a show or two. We give you the whole, we're pulling together the whole list of all these bits and pieces all over the place. So anyhow, so it had been published in Germany in the 1920s, a surgery that our bureau buddy here is is working on, okay? But it was not, if you can believe this, it was not until approximately three decades later, so from the 1920s to the 50s, that the practice became more generally known, and most early surgeries were performed mostly in Europe and Casablanca. Now, that's what they're saying. Maybe that's true, okay? 
Bureau operated Bureau, excuse me, I keep trying to pronounce the French way. Bureau operated his sex reassignment clinic called Clinique de Parc out of Casablanca and in 1973 reported his experience with over 3000 individual cases. So he was a busy little boy there, a girl, he's trans himself. So yeah, he was doing surgeries in about 20 years. It looks like he did about 3000 cases. Pretty impressive work record, right? So what they said was this technique, even though, and we're still digging into these other early surgeries, but I think this technique may be the one that they're calling the gold standard, okay? And I won't get into the whole part here. And he cons- oh, they said he confirmed over 800 by 1974 surgeries. That's a lot of surgeries. And so that was going pretty strong and so that then he published his second technique but what's kind of weird is he's supposedly over in Casablanca doing all this stuff and then all of a sudden 73 people find out I mean they did have airplanes back then right (laughs) I mean I was born then (laughs) we weren't traveling by boat back then so yeah these numbers these dates aren't really adding up but anyway so he presented this paper let me see here without rattling this in your ears he presented this paper in 74 at the second Interdisciplinary Symposium on Gender gender Dysmorphia Syndrome. So we now know in 1974, it was the second year of this, they they were starting to tag everybody with gender dysmorphia. So that gives us a date here again coming out of that 60s era, right? And so he is also said to have worked at the clinic seven days a week and frequently up to 15 hours a day. I I don't know how any one person did 800 surgeries, but anyways, we'll just stick with the story for now. In addition to sex reassignment, he also performed more common obstetrics and gynecological practices from the clinic. Outpatient appointments were held mostly in small offices in the Avenue de Ahmad portion of the clinic where the building held the operation rooms. So he had this a surgical ward, a 15-crib nursery, so he must have been having babies being born there, and deliveries and patients' rooms. And his wife (laughs) named rooms in the clinic after different flowers. Isn't that a sweet touch? Each hand painted on small frames on the doors. Gee, I just would really love to see a picture of all this. (laughs) I couldn't find any. Funny, Funny how that works, right? In contrast to these warm touches, an air of stern purpose informed the fourth floor, for these were the operating quarters. Interesting, right? They have the fourth floor is where they have the operating quarters, okay? Contact with the outside world was initially discouraged for patients, oh, I bet it was, <laughs> during the early days of their recovery from sex reassignment surgery. When patients were able to move about and later when going to Bureau's office to have their bandages changed, the pl- clinic became a place where patients often had the opportunity to meet other transsexuals from various countries. British writer Jan Morris recalls, how many there were of us, I do not know, but there were of several variants. We were Greek, French, American, and British. So there you go, Casablanca. I, I'm not sure that we believe this story, but we're just here to talk to you about where we stand with the uh, research right now. Um, it's it's kind of seems a little bit fishy to me. Um, 
you know, I think Andy shared me in the fishy category. So, you know, they make up these backstories, which are always a little bit interesting. They throw in a lot of very strange, odd details. So anyway, so we need to kind of think for ourselves here, but this is where we are. And next we'll be giving you a better outline of digging into some of these things in Germany and whatnot, because that will also tie into this base operation in Germany and also the, excuse me, the German operation that's moving into Africa right now with the military bases. So yeah, Germany is really back in the picture full force right now again, um, because it looks like this bureau guy wasn't necessarily the first. It looks like the first was being done in Germany. So somebody is telling us something here. And I think Germany is where we're looking a lot closer. So anyway, so please share your thoughts about all of this and look forward to chatting with you in the comments and be safe out there. And we'll chat with you in a couple of days about this overall history of things. And for each show, don't forget, I'll, I'll try to post the show notes at least a few hours before the show airs. And you can just look for it right below the screen here and find it for yourself there. Okay. Be safe out there. Goodbye for now.